What is up, people? This is your host, EJ Stewart. This is New Generation Hero Talk. We have a massive, massive show for you today. We'll be talking about the official cast of the Fantastic Four announced by Marvel. Not just the official cast. We got an uh, official release date. We also got a poster. We got a promotional artwork for the movie. So we'll be talking plenty of Fantastic Four. We have really two x-men stuff coming uh from marvel this week so first you had the deadpool and wolverine newly titled movie that trailer came out super bowl sunday a lot of buzz with that we'll give you guys our thoughts on that trailer and then we're recording this podcast thursday and thursday did not disappoint as well when it came to marvel we had the um the the, the debut of the first footage we've really seen from the x-men 97 show that's going to be uh, a Marvel Studios uh, thing that's coming out. We have plenty on that. We got a release date. We got a new trailer. So I don't even know what to say, man. I, I cannot wait to talk about this stuff. I mean, the amount of X Men drops gonna, I'm gonna get to gonna get to play on this episode because it like finally like this is what <laughs> this is the kind of week we've been waiting for for a long time, and where it, it feels like we're really officially hitting the kind of the Fox property era of marvel or at least marvel is really pushing us in that direction finally so cannot say how excited enough i am for this show joining me on my co-host starting with shamari stewart sham a lot was going on this week how you feeling feeling good ej uh yeah man glad to have you back after a, a big week for you as well shout out to you for you know covering the super bowl and whatnot yes um thank so you that's, man that's yes, I, was, I was in uh, las vegas for the super bowl last week Really awesome experience, and I'm sure there may be questions and stuff that comes up, you know, maybe in this episode or episodes in the future. But yeah, definitely a super fun experience. Happy to be back on the show, but a lot of fun last week in Vegas. Yeah, absolutely, man. I can only imagine. Um, yeah, man, looking forward to talking. Uh, some of the uh, the big, big topics we have today a lot of X Men, which of course is making me happy because I feel like I've been banging the drum for X Men for years now. Um, so, uh, really all of us, but yeah, it's, it's been a long time coming. So looking forward to talking about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, uh, shout out to the, to the X-Men, man. Gotta do another drop. Gotta, gotta keep, gotta keep the drops this, this, uh, this episode. Cause we actually have a reason to talk X-Men. Kendall joins us on the podcast as well. Again, both shout out to both of you guys for holding it down last week. Happy to be back this week. Talking to my guys. Kendall, how you feeling? Yeah. Not much to talk about this week, right? Uh, hey, no, it was I mean, slow, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, EJ probably like, what did I miss? Um, but no, it's <laughs> it's plenty of plenty to talk about this week. I mean, um, this is uh, one of the bigger weeks that we've had in a while, uh, and it, it makes sense. This is coming out of nowhere. Usually, our post Super Bowl show is as big uh, as 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 any. Um, any non-movie review, uh, you know, kind of milestone besides Comic-Con uh, mm-hmm. in this space because of the trailers that we normally get coming out of Super Bowl. But what's strange is me and Shamari talked about it last week. I mean, the only thing that we were expecting was Deadpool. We were like, all right, we're getting a Deadpool trailer Super Bowl, which is right. huge, which is massive. But as far as we knew, that was the only thing that was coming. And, you know, we talked about maybe right. the chance X-Men 97 at the Super Bowl, but that seems kind of... Seems like yeah, probably not going to probably not big enough to make it to the Super Bowl, and definitely had no conversations about any sort of Fantastic Four news. So while 
not all of this stuff was dropped on Super Bowl Sunday. The fact that the week coming out of it, we got um, three major drops and a movie that uh, I'm probably not going to see. And I, you know, I, I know Shamar is talking about seeing. We'll talk about it at the end. But <laughs> and, an, and, an, and an actual superhero movie that dropped this week. I mean, um, yeah. again, massive, massive week in the industry, uh, particularly for Marvel. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, Marvel really hasn't had a week like this in quite a while, quite frankly. So um, we've been talking plenty about how much it felt like DC had really kind of taken a lot of the momentum, taken a lot of the excitement uh, from Marvel when it came to this, uh, you know, this medium and, and just kind of the excitement we have for these movies coming up. And Marvel came back, I think I think it's fair to say, with a haymaker, in my opinion. Um, this was, again, a massive week of news. And we want to get to it, so let's get right to it. Again, this is New Generation Hero Talk. You find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit that uh, auto-download feature wherever you're listening, so you can make sure you get these episodes we drop every week. Let's let's talk about this uh, first, before we get into all the fun X-Men stuff. Again, the other big piece of this puzzle was what we saw from the fantastic four drop we had so the fantastic four we have now an official cast we've been talking for years at this point about when we were going to get an official cast we had some leaks we had some rumors but nothing official marvel making it official this week so uh the film which is set to be it was officially uh supposed to be set in 1963 will feature pedro pascal as reed richards Mr. Fantastic, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, uh, Invisible Woman, uh, Joseph Kirby as Johnny Storm, Human Torch, and even Moss Backrack as Ben Grimm, The Thing. So the movie um, is going to be coming out in July 2020, July 2025, July 25th, the official date. And what's going to be interesting about this, guys, this is going to mark a pretty epic showdown in July. We have not had a DC Marvel showdown like this in a while, but it's going to happen in a major way. Because your two weeks prior to that, we're slated to have Superman Legacy come out, which is the beginning of the DCU. So you have the beginning of the DCU happening with Superman Legacy, you know, arguably the most recognizable character DC has, while Marvel two weeks later is going to be dropping their first Fantastic Four movie, the first family of the Marvel Universe. That movie will come out two weeks later. Uh, the movie is being directed by, of course, Matt Shackman of WandaVision, written by Josh Friedman, uh, Jeff Kaplan, and Ian Springer. So not only did we have the official casting, we got an official logo. Uh, entirely different vision from the first logo we got that we've actually been using for the last, what, now four years, I guess, since this movie was first announced. Um, vibe, entirely different from that one logo we had from before. And that promotional picture wishing... Uh, Marvel fans, happy uh, Valentine's Day that gave us kind of a little bit of a look and feel of what these characters will be. The robot Herbie is going to be part of this squad as well. He's in the picture too. I don't even know where to begin with this, uh, Sham. Uh, but just your thoughts on the casting, the poster, the time setting of 1963. Wherever you want to go with it, just go. What, what are your thoughts, man? Just... um you know, glad to finally have the casting. Um, glad that it seems like, you know, um, seems like a good cast. I mean, for, you know, from what we can, um, you know, from what I can tell, I mean, these are all people who, um, 
who I view as positively. I've seen him, who I've seen in various things. I mean, we've all seen uh, uh, um, the Punisher, of course, um, uh, with uh, Elon Moss. Um, I, I apologize. I, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but um, yeah, I gave it my best shot. Bach Rock is Bach what Rock. I did. I hope that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Joseph Quinn is Johnny Storm. I mean, he. If you guys watched the last season of Stranger Things, I mean, he is a honestly could probably going to be the best Johnny Storm we've had. Mm. His, the Whoa! Whoa. The I can't let that comment slide. I can't let that slide. I can't let that comment slide. I got to interject. Wow. You know, Shamari finish. I only wow. I let you finish, but only I just want to I just want to put into context what Shamari just said. <laughs> Shamari just said that Joseph Quinn. Is going to be the best Johnny Storm that we've had when the prior two Johnny Storms were the breakout performances of Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that there was a lot of weight to what you just said, Jamar. Chris Evans was a big deal. Chris Evans was a good Johnny Storm. He wasn't. He wasn't a bad Johnny Storm. But I. But again, I would say if you watch Stranger Things, you would. People, anyone listening to this that's seen the last season of Stranger Things knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's not it's not nearly as weighted as you think, Kendall. I'm he was played a he played a very comical, fun, full of life character that I would love to see in a Fantastic Four, you know, Johnny Storm kind of setting. That's probably that. I mean, that's that's absolutely why they cast him. So. Um, so yeah, I have very, very, I'd say I have very high expectations for him as Johnny Storm. Um, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm is great. Um, you know, everything I've seen her in, I've been very uh, pleasantly, uh, I've, I've just been impressed. And we we talked about Pedro Pascal already. So yeah, I mean it's a good cast. I, I have to say I have to give them their props. This is a good Fantastic Four. You know, they, they, we were, we've been <laughs> banging this drum for a long time. Who's Fantastic Four is going to be? Is this going to be a problem? And this is not a problematic Fantastic Four at all. So as long as they get the effects good, uh, the 60s setting is going to require a lot of explanation. I'm just going to wait and see what they have to say, what, what the story they want to tell. Um, but, but the cast is good. And I don't think they're going to be Superman. That, that's a, that's a whole other animal. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see how things shake out, but. But this is a good cast. This is a good start. So Shamari's excited about the casting. I mean, Kendall, what where do you stand on the casting that uh, Marvel announced with the Fantastic Four? Again, for those listening at home or wherever you are, in your car, on your on your commute, Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, Joseph Kirby as uh as uh as Johnny Storm, and even Moss Bachrock as uh as uh, Ben Grimm. Where are you stand, Kendall? I am. Look, I mean, I I think when it comes to casting, sorry, I said Joseph Quinn. I meant Joseph Quinn. I'm sorry, I misspoke right, there. Right, uh, Joseph yes. Quinn as as a fantastic as a uh, human torch. Um, when it comes to casting, to me, it's a lot like when you're talking about like in the NFL draft or the NBA draft. Like, let's say your your favorite NFL team has a second round pick, and you're like, I really wanted to draft this random wide receiver from. Oklahoma State, and they end up drafting some offensive lineman from Nebraska, and you're like, that's not what I wanted. And it's almost impossible 
to predict what an NFL team is going to do in the second round of the NFL draft or what uh, an NBA team is going to do with the 24th pick in the NBA draft. Like at that point, once you get to a certain point, the the pool of, of players that you're picking from is so large that to get that exact pick right is almost impossible. And so when it comes to casting, for a lot of people, I think a lot of people had their picks for who they wanted these people to be, particularly Reed Richards, um, particularly Johnny Storm. There were a lot of fan castings for these people, and none of them had Pedro Pascal, and very few of them had Joseph Quinn. And, you know, the Vanessa Kirby thing didn't come together until after we heard Margot Robbie being attached, and everybody loved that pick. Um, so, again, these people that had their preconceived notions, you know, that because it's not John Krasinski, you know, I'm upset that, 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 you know, about this Pedro Pascal pick and, you know, I'm not saying it's everybody and that's everybody's reason for not liking the, the, the casting, but I think sometimes we get too hung up on who it should be and not who it actually is. And realizing that it could almost be anybody like Reed Richards can almost be anybody. Um, there aren't a whole lot of distinguishing factors that, you know, besides him being male um, that like, you know, and him being, you know, older than, you know, 25 that, that, that make him like, to make you really a fit for Reed Richards. So, um, like, at the end of the day, you know, however I feel about the casting is going to come down to what we see from the movie. Um, I wouldn't have picked a lot of these people, but, again, that's almost an impossible thing to do. What I will say is, they, I mean, it looks great based off what we've seen. Um, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm very interested about the 60s motif. Um, you know, it's funny, we... When Matt Shackman was brought on to do this movie, the initial talking points that I gave, and I think a lot of people had, that was interesting was how there was a connection being made between the fact that there was word that Kevin Feige wanted this movie to be very Star Trek-y in, 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 in Marvel's version of Star Trek, and that Matt Shackman was working on the next Star Trek movie when he got picked, and that they may have taken that inspiration knowing that he's a guy they've worked with and he's doing a star trek movie right now and i'm sure they have an idea of where that's going and they're excited about that and they're saying let me just let's just bring him on a fantastic four instead and they poached him um but after seeing this it almost feels like instead of tapping into whatever he was doing with star trek they may be really deeply tapping into that wandavision and that ability to sort of recreate an old school retro vibe in uh you know, not being television here now being um, a movie. And, yeah. you know, that WandaVision, you know, 60s vibe that we got and then ultimately the 70s vibe and all that and the period aspect to it, while it was very limited, it was it was excellent in the way it was done. I mean, it was, it was some of the best things on TV that people have seen in a long time in terms of its creativity and its um, and just the, the outcome, the output that we got. And the product that we got so um it does not surprise me now after seeing this why match happened to doing this and some of the skill it seems like a lot of the same skill that we got from wandavision like even these promo this promo looks a lot like some of the promo the promotional material that we had leading into wandavision that was also similarly trippy with wandavision it was it was it was kind of eerie and this i think it's going to be less eerie and just play more into that um this is just what it is it's going to be more of a positive vibe um, so, I mean, yeah, I think that that's, that, that's one of my bigger takeaways is the Matt Shackman 
uh, you know, hiring makes a lot of sense. It's funny that you mentioned the the Disney Plus, you know, announcement that we had or Disney Investor Day announcement that we had in 2020 because, you know, we've heard now, you know, through sourcing that Disney essentially, I believe Bob Iger or Bob Chapin, whoever was running the joint at that point, went to Kevin Feige and said, look, we, you know, you need to announce this stuff. You need to announce Fantastic Four. You need to announce Armor War. I don't care if you're not ready to announce it. And so they just threw something out there. Now you see for a fact that this clearly was not ready to be announced because like you said, the logo and the whatever visuals we have for the movie have completely changed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm excited for it uh, in terms of the, like the character designs and the art and the, again, the, just the, the overall look, I think it looks, I mean, I think it looks really cool. I mean, uh, certainly unique. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm, it's going to be unconventional. You know, I'm a little worried about like how isolated is this thing going to be from the rest of the MCU, and is that like a good thing if it is very isolated? And it, you know, I'm getting Captain America: First Avenger vibes, where I think that majority of this movie will take place uh, as a period piece. Um, mm-hmm. That's just my that's my guess early on. It's very possible that that's just a, a the beginning of the movie, or that's just a part of the movie. But I get a vibe that that the whole movie is going to take place in a certain time period and then by the end of it there'll be the the fish out of water type characters that we got from Captain America. Um but no I'm I'm completely thumbs up on on what we got. And again the cast I'm not too worried about because like again I for the most part like there's very few superhero movie properties where we've like actively compared like what was the most what was the worst casting that we've had in recent superhero memory that you can uh, that we can think of. Iron, I mean, Iron Fist. Danny Rand was a Iron bad Fist one. Probably the you one know, Finn name. Jones was a bad one. Um, Jesse Eisenberg I I, I would, I would is say, another bad one. I would say Iron Fist. Uh, sorry, what'd you say? Again? No, Jesse, you, you've been breaking up a little bit. What was, what was that? What'd you say? Uh, I mentioned Jesse Eisenberg as well. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Lex Luthor, that was a really bad one. Uh, Eisenberg one was weird because it felt like that should have been good, and somehow they made it really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think so. I think the reason why I think you have you have confidence, I have confidence, and Sham has confidence in this casting, even if they don't. Some of them don't seem like perfect fits. Is the talent level is extremely high. Um, we know what Pedro's capable of. You know, I've not watched a lot of what. Vanessa's been in, but she's such a highly regarded actress, and The Crown is excellent. She was nominated for an Oscar um, in a different movie. Vanessa Kirby is um, a phenomenal actress by almost all accounts. Uh, we've seen uh, even Moss uh, Bachrock's work, Shamari seen Joseph Quinn's work. Like these are extremely talented actors. So you feel like if they if this feels like Feige was trying to get the best people possible for each role. And I think that's what gives me a lot of hope for this. I don't feel like this was checking boxes in any way. I don't feel like this was them trying to say, well, let's do our spin on something. I think that he just landed with the, the people that he thought made the most sense with their look, with what they bring to the table as actors and actresses. And this week, just I feel like just it was a shot in the arm. Marvel needed so badly. And, you know, it began with the, the Deadpool Wolverine trail. But I think this one really kind of changed the the trajectory a little bit in terms of this conversation. I think there's a lot of excitement for this movie. You know, the 1963 
setting is interesting. Um, and I think for some folks will be a little disappointing. It's not for me. Because I was sitting there, I was thinking about this. I was like, the last time a stale property decided that if they were going to find a way to make their this property, you know, superhero property, they were going to find a way to make this property uh, revitalize and rejuvenate again. What do they need to do? They needed to go to the 60s. You know what that was? That was X-Men First Class. Um, like, we've seen this work before. X-Men, you know, between the Wolverine Origins, between X-Men Last Stand, it was it was in, stuck in the mud. I mean, it basically was in Amazing Spider-Man 2 territory when it came to, like, do we need to even see any more of these? Like, what are we even doing at this point when it came to those Fox X-Men movies? And Fox revamped everything with the X-Men, didn't even stay to the canon, and said, we're just going to try to make the best movie possible. And the one of the ways that we can live this up, freshen it up from what we've seen recently is put it in a different time period. And that was also done with, like, some, like, pushback. Some people are like, how are you doing an X-Men movie when I can see Cyclops and Wolverine and the, the characters we know and love? Like, how are you going to do this? Why are we doing the 60s? Like, there was the people that was all on board when X-Men First Class first was announced and we knew what it was going to be. Some people just didn't think like the timeline of it. It's like, how do you have, like, Scott Summers' brother is in the 60s, but, like, Scott Summers we introduced to in, like, the 90s and he's 30. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, there was a lot of pushback to that stuff. And that worked like a charm. So when we talk about the Fantastic Four, when I tell people that this Fantastic Four movie is coming out for people who aren't, like, massive superhero fans, often what I get is, again, or didn't they do that already? Like, a lot of folks, they don't, like, understand or get, like, this whole one company is doing the same movie as another company. This time it's canon with the MCU and why the other ones weren't. Like, a lot of people aren't smart enough to understand that. So I, I think after seeing those kind of anecdotal stories I would have, like, I think they definitely needed something very drastic to make it very clear. This is a MCU movie. Um, they could have done a lot of different things. Like I said, they could have had, they could just put Spider-Man in the movie. They could have done a lot of different things. I don't think that this is a bad route that they went though, to do it this way. Um, so I, I get it. I think it, it does make sense from that standpoint. And I think I'm really excited because, I know what Matt Chapman can do with period piece type work. I mean, I know people feel very differently. Most people love WandaVision. Maybe people don't love the end, but they all, everything everyone knows, that was a really good series. I personally love those first two, three, four episodes more than maybe most. That stuff I thought was borderline genius. And maybe it's because, you know, we grew up in a household with a mother who loved watching, like, I Love Lucy, shows like that. So those were shows that were very prevalent in our households, shows episodes I've watched a ton. And knowing that Shackman can authentically restore that feeling makes me feel like this is probably going to be really good. At the very least, that part of this won't be a reason why this doesn't work. If it don't work, maybe for some other reasons that we don't know. But I, I think that Shackman, combined with this vision, I think even the fact that, like, I'm just excited that the logo and everything doing is so out there. Like Marvel has just looked so cookie cutter and been so cookie cutter for so many years at this point, really post the Avengers Endgame thing. You know, maybe you could argue that uh, maybe Guardian She-Hulk was probably the, the the one thing that really kind of did go off the beaten path. Which I She-Hulk, the only other thing that did was was WandaVision in terms of just look, feel, promotional work, like. 
that was the only thing that was very different from what we've seen. And like, even looking at this logo being like, what the hell It's not a black background. How many black backgrounds have we had on every Marvel movie logo? Even how about the Marvel studios logo, not being the, the trademark logo that we're used to seeing. Like, like this tells me to me, Marvel understands that stuff isn't working and they're going to have to do something drastic. Like, and I excited. that excites me. Like it, it may flop, it may fail, but they couldn't keep going the way they were going and keep the interest that, of the people the way they had before. So when I saw this logo and then I saw this promotion art, I was like, Oh wow, they're really going for it. This is going to be very different than anything. Probably we all expected, but I welcome that with open arms. Yeah, I mean they had to change it. They had to change things up, right? I mean, it was, um, especially. I, I and I'd also add they had to change things up from the last few Fantastic Four movies too, uh, as mm. well. So I think this, yeah, kind of adds even another layer to that. Like they didn't just want another serious Fantastic Four with another new Fantastic Four cast who happen to meet and it's the same. And Doctor Doom is there and. And, you know, you, you know, whatever variation of that that we would get, you know, and it, it's like, no, they're going to try to change things up. Um, they're going to, you know, really kind of make this really unique. And, uh, you know, putting it in a different time period definitely is one way to accomplish that. Can any thoughts? Uh, what any, any thoughts on, again, the promotional aspect of this and what you're seeing, how they promoted it? With the Valentine's Day poster, with the logo, what were your thoughts on kind of how they did that? Um, well, first of all, again, the fit, the way they they again incorporated the period aspect. I don't know if you're there. We, we're having a hard time hearing. You say that one more. Can you say that one. So I can say that one more time. We're having a hard time hearing you there. No, I was just gonna say the way they incorporated the period aspect to it. Um, again, deserves a lot of credit uh, because it really feels like you're immersed in that world. And again, the, the potential, like you mentioned X-Men First Class, that's a great comp. X, uh, Captain America, First Avenger. Um, like these are properties that we got that you watched and you really felt like you were in that time period. And they've done a really good job with that. Um, like, don't you guys, you, like Shamari Doug, you know, brought up like some of the darker brooding, you know, Fantastic Four that we got in the last one. And, you know, even the first, you know, duology was had had darker elements to it like don't you guys feel like like pedro pascal like the other the other big one that was talked about was adam driver and i i don't you feel like pedro pascal could do this character better than adam driver like i don't know if adam driver would have fit for this whatever they're going yes. for absolutely yes yeah. i agree yeah this pedro pascal driver's a great actor but pascal has way more natural charisma to me that he could, he could live in a world in 1963, make me feel it feel more believable. Um, the 60s are there's a lot going on. There, is, part of it is dark, but part of it is also very like, you know, very fun. Like, you know, it's the start it, of innovation you know, aspect to it. So like, it, like we already you know, saw him play Max Lord, and serious stuff happening and too. He but encapsulated also a lot that of role. Fun aspects of the 60s. And just like you know, so at that promotional poster, I definitely see like him fitting. I also give Marvel movie. a lot of credit because so 
driver. I'm I, glad that they. I, okay I mean, we said this before. Me and Shamari talked about more this. Serious stuff. Might have been off air. Like Adam Driver makes more sense but, to play the right. maker than he does like this. Like Richards. we had just talked about this before this drop. That yeah, and I would add that to all that, they needed to do um, was just announce the Fantastic Four via tweet. They didn't have seen, to wait till the conversation was. Well, well, are, you know, are they going to wait till Comic Con um, to announce the Fantastic so Four? So in one the big thing was I, did, I just didn't think that was going to be possible because um you know they're going to start filming the movie. So if you start filming the movie, we have to know who's in the movie. And so they're going to start filming before Comic Con. Kind then of. In the 80s, they got to have to announce it or going to know. Just but we've based seen him have to do these set photos of like and period other different types of leaks. Work. And I thought it worked. I, so I mean, we had I, to announce it. Wasn't it. And I'm the glad movie, that they Wonder took the, the Lucasfilm approach. wasn't the best, just, but I thought uh, Maxwell Lord's character um, was was entertaining. Yeah, I usually vehemently defend Pedro's performance in that movie i thought he was i think people maybe didn't get it which is which happens like i think that that's that happens in art that happens in anything so i don't think it's like a reason to like feel really terrible or whatever but like i i, I thought he was outstanding and um and, and yeah i i think that he could bring a lot of what he learned from that role to this uh to this to this role and I think that I, I expect him to really be excellent at it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that uh, I definitely think I, I, I am glad that we got Pedro Pascal as as Mr. Fantastic. Um, as opposed to Adam Driver, I would say as well, though, I, I do I do think Adam Driver could have done this. I I, mm-hmm. I would I want to give him a lot of credit. He's really good. I've seen him in yeah. a bunch of different things, and he is very very talented. But I am glad we got Pedro Pascal. I think he is the right person for for this for this role for what they're trying to do. Kendall, I know you're uh, you you have some technical issues. I know you're you're back now. Um, any last thoughts on the Fantastic yes. Four before we move on? Um, I mean. I mean, again, I just I, I'm I'm very excited for this. I guess my last question would be to you guys: Who wins in July on mm. the box office? We're talking about the Superman Legacy part of it. Assuming that stays, with James Gunn has been very steadfast in saying that'll be the date, and we have now this new date for uh, Fantastic Four, um, which will be coming, I guess, after Captain America, which I believe is in February, and Thunderbolts now got moved up to May. Um, who wins the July? war between yeah, Marvel uh, and DC box office wise. Yeah, I I think when we talk about that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be real tough. It's tough to see it's tough to say without having any seeing any anything promotional from Superman outside of that little right. work that they, they continue to post. Right, the cover the old All Star Superman. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. It was just the All Star Superman cover. I think to, if you ask me today, I would tell you Superman probably does better because it doesn't have quite the baggage the Fantastic Four um, name has right now. But I think Marvel really, again, really did a solid change in the narrative of what people think of the Fantastic Four with like um, with how they began this this drop. This was an excellent drop to me. And catapulting it off of Deadpool was really smart. It, got people talking. 
Yeah, it was brilliant. And I, I stuff one of the things that like kind of like I know this stuff isn't easy, so I don't want to make it sound like it is, but like you kind of just wonder why Marvel doesn't do this stuff more. You know, it feels like there was a time where Marvel couldn't do no wrong with how they kind of promoted their movies and promoted kind of just the lead up to their movies. And at times I feel like in the last uh two, three years, and maybe this you know, maybe the Iger's credit when we talked about Marvel and Fight being stretched too thin. At times, it sometimes felt like the promotion of movies was an afterthought. Like, this movie's a, like a year and a half away, but look at the buzz it was just created by simply like announcing the casting this way and showing and concept putting, art. And showing concept art. Like, they've been so hell bent on saying we cannot do anything until we get the, you know, the D23 presentation date or we get to the Comic Con <laughs> date or until we get the Disney investor date. And like, that's fine, but like the fact that you're able to just get just kind of just break the internet randomly on a day, and then and and it was a combined kind of promotional. Like, who's to say maybe they don't say you know we're gonna hold the Deadpool trail until D twenty three. Like the fact that they didn't do like they didn't do that is I think smart. And I think so. Again, e- I don't EJ. know if this is like a a, tra- a, a strategy transition, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel so corporate. You know, it just feels more I, like you're trying to actually get the most of the people. I told Shamari this. And this isn't directly tied to this to to this announcement, but we got Comic Con coming up in July. Um, when we get to Hall H and they have their panel, sorry, can I say that one time you broke? You can I say that one? Can I say? Can I say that one time you uh, broke up for us? Sorry, no, I was just saying that we have Comic Con coming up. I don't want to see any of Marvel Studios stuff not being released i think everything should be open Mm. to the to the public i think all of the the things that they show they should have almost zero exclusive stuff and i don't like i i don't feel bad for anybody that goes to comic-con and gets to see this stuff and then it gets announced uh simultaneously to the to the to the to the audience that's still a great experience i mean me and shamari we've all been to panels me and Shamari went to the Dragon Ball Daima Dragon Ball panel at New York Comic Con this year, and it was awesome. And you know what? Dragon Ball drops the trailer almost simultaneously. We're coming out of the thing, and and like I see it on YouTube, and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Our brother Henry can watch it too, and we could all talk about it. As opposed to like, oh man, like you know, it's behind closed doors. Like it's still cool. But I don't think it serves you anything. I don't think it gives you any value. And it's, it's fine yep. for the con, but like the con, people are going to go anyway. There's no, aren't going to be people go saying, I'm not going, or I'm not going to. That experience, if those people don't go, someone else will at the end of the day. There's so many people that don't get to go to these things or don't get to get, that'll go to the event, but don't get in line fast enough and don't have enough, there's not enough room to get into these things. So the people will be there. You don't have to worry about that part. So, Again, I think it, it would just be idiotic uh, business from Marvel if they decide we're only going to do the we're only going to show exclusive stuff. They could get away with that in years past, but this is a very crucial year where they only have one movie. It is vital that if they have any footage of any of this stuff, that it has to be shown to the public. No, you're not yeah, wrong, I mean, man. You're not wrong. Go ahead, Shane. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm in agreement. Um, and as Kendall said, I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, I, I don't, um, you know, Kendall's hit the nail on the head. We went to the Dragon Ball panel, we left, it dropped on YouTube, and I didn't feel bad about it. 
<laughs> so I definitely think that that's something that Marvel should absolutely consider uh, going forward, um, especially since they, you know, as we keep saying, as it feels like every week, they need to earn back goodwill with the mm. fans and hoarding trailers and hoarding things. They can do that stuff before. Now, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I mean, you can do so at your own risk. I mean, James Gunn is, seems to be running a very... Uh, Imagine running a ship that is that is see would seem to be going in the right direction uh based on what we're hearing at least we still have to see what he does but um but yeah it's definitely i think it's definitely something they should consider and also kind of to answer your other question uh i am definitely still think super bowl or super bowl superman uh wins that 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 head-to-head that seems that we seem to be heading towards um, because it's Barbenheimer I mean, 2.0. <laughs> yeah, Barbara, Yeah, the, the super four. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, nah, Superman. Because it's Superman, you know, and and we have all these other heroes in it, but more because it's Superman. Superman is is like almost synonymous with America, you know. I'd say more so than Captain America. Superman is Superman. Mm. You yeah. Know? So yeah. So Superman is gonna is probably gonna sell more as long as the movie is like solid. Superman is definitely gonna get more get more views. Um, but you know, it's bold to Marvel to to schedule it like that. I mean, what you know, Superman, Truth, Justice, in the American way since nineteen thirty eight. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that that's not a a, a, a bold, crazy hot take. From Kansas, that, right in the middle of America. Yeah, middle of America. No question. And we could talk about Fantastic Four forever. I would love to. <laughs> I mean, this could be only – most weeks this probably would be only a Fantastic Four podcast, but we had so many other big things happen. I do want to talk uh, quickly about the, uh, this July. This July, we have next July that's going to be massive with for, for Marvel with uh, Fantastic Four. This July is going to be a big month for Marvel uh, as well because you got the newly titled Deadpool and Wolverine set to hit, trail, uh, set to hit theaters uh, in July. The trailer – for that movie dropped on Super Bowl Sunday, giving us our first really official look at footage of the film. The trailer shows only a glimpse of the second part of this title, Wolverine, uh, Canada's favorite mutant at the end. But we do see plenty of the Merc without with a mouth, Wade Wilson. Um, we kind of see where this adventure and where this story is kind of taking us with the TVA, the Time Variance Authority uh, having a big um uh, say in a big part in this movie essentially uh, we can assume uh, some of the hijinks of Wade, Wil- Wade Wilson at the post credit scene of Deadpool 2 when he brings back Vanessa and does a bunch of other crazy stuff um, in in that post credit scene I think underratedly maybe one of the best if not the best post credit scene we've seen in a long time that I think is probably going to be why the TVA has beef with uh, with with uh, Wade Wilson here so um we see, of course, the TVA was introduced in Loki, and this is obviously a major crossover to MCU to Fox property stuff here with Deadpool working with them. And we see Pyro uh, have a little piece of a cameo in here, and he's the only other you know, kind of Fox character we see here of in terms of X-Men or anything like that. But we do get a glimpse at the end again of Wolverine and some of that uh, yellow suit that we've seen in some of these set photos. I'll go to Kendall first. What did you think of the trailer? Um, I thought it was a solid trailer. Um, I thought it did a really good job of keeping, you know, people invested. It was really good for like, uh, the super, it was really good for like a Super Bowl audience. 
Um, it didn't. It, it showed just enough to get people excited, but it didn't go over the top. But they didn't have to go over the top. It's Deadpool three in the MCU with Hugh Jackman. That like already you're making a lot of money and you're getting a lot of people excited off of that. Now, we all know like people that are or that are, you know, that follow this stuff on a day to day basis. We know there's more to this movie than that, which is great. But they didn't have to show any of it, and we 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 saw that couple years ago and i talked about it on our show last week when we were kind of leading into this um and you know we 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 saw the doctor strange multiverse of madness super bowl trailer a couple years ago and that was the first glimpse and tease that we got at professor x and while we didn't actually see him you know i think even the layman if you saw the full trailer and really analyzed it could probably notice that they were teasing professor x and that's all great, but he's barely in the movie, and it's a terrible. It ended up being a, a mostly terrible cameo, but they like that was kind of all they had. Like they didn't, yeah, they didn't show John Krasinski and some of the other stuff, but again, that's a small part of the movie, and they they like, and and they only featured the professor. They featured the Professor X part when they really didn't have to, but I don't mm-hmm. think they felt that Doctor Strange and Wanda can sell the movie. You know, at the mm-hmm. level that they wanted it to, which is fair. Right. But de- but Deadpool and Wolverine, Hugh Jackman is all again. That's all you need. And so, is Halle Berry in this movie? Probably is James Marsden in this movie? Probably is Jennifer Garner in this movie? According to Deadline and all these places, like you have a lot of other major A list stars that are allegedly in this movie, and like they didn't even have to show them. The only guy we got was Pyro. Which I, you know, I think is a slightly weird cameo uh, that they decided to show. I don't really know what that. I guess that was only for like the the people like us, but um, I don't think that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really I'll be, honest, I didn't, I'll be real. I didn't realize that was Pyro until someone said Pyro was in the. <laughs> was in yeah, the, and, the trail. And, and, like, and, and like I, I think people back. there was there was some slight word like coming out like in the last couple of weeks that like people were like yeah Pyro might be in this thing and. I'm sure I just probably came because the trailer might have started getting out and people started working on the trailer or whatever. But, um, but yeah, that, that, and so I think that was the only reason why a lot of people had a quick thing of, oh, that was Pyro. But otherwise, like, it's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, like, that's a random, that's a random Easter egg to, to include. But again, that's, that's like, the, I, I don't, I don't expect him to be one of the 10 biggest cameos in this movie. Oh, so. no definitely not <laughs> you know like based on what we're what we think we're gonna get so the fact that they showed that uh, just shows you that i think this movie's got a lot to a lot under their under their belt so i think it's a good trailer it's not like a trailer that as i always like to use the marker does this mean would i be shocked if this movie was great or would i be shocked vice versa if this movie was bad or would i not be shocked i, I i'd say i don't know if i go as far as say i'd be shocked if this movie wasn't like spectacular like you told me this was just like this was the worst Deadpool movie. I'd be like, ah, I mean, you know, not like the trailer. Trailer didn't show me anything to, to make me think otherwise. But, um, but uh, it's not a bad trailer in any in any respect. Like I, I would, I lean, I expect this to be a very good movie, and that's just based off what I've heard, not necessarily based off this trailer. But I think when we get the second trailer, I think that's when we'll be like, yeah, no, this is definitely going to be a great movie. Yeah, it's funny. We mentioned like the the cameo potentials, Sham. There was a uh, the report that came out last week, right before really this this trailer came out, was that Marvel had just recently trademarked 
four different titles. Obviously, the one we have, Deadpool and Wolverine, and Deadpool 3 was another one. But the other two were Deadpool and Friend and Deadpool and Friends, uh, plural in that. The Deadpool and Friends part makes you kind of wonder, okay, is there, like, Wolverine is going to be, obviously, we now know he's the 1A in this film, but, like, I mean, is there going to be a lot bigger cameos that will be more impactful in this movie than we realize? Or, or was that just Marvel just throwing out a bunch of trademarks to get people off the scent? Like, I even looked at that and kind of wondered, like, hey, like, this, we, we heard it could be a cameo fest, but perhaps these other cameos may be bigger in role than we even realized. Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a cameo fest for sure. Um, I don't know who else is going to show up, but I'm expecting more mutants. Um, you know, of course, we saw Pyro in the trailer, as Kendall mentioned as well, um, or as you mentioned, EJ as well. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a cameo fest. Not sure what we'll see. Um, I thought this was a good trailer. Um, definitely not like the crazy, you know, oh my God, jaw hit the floor, you know, Spider-Man getting, grabbing cap shield, you know, it's definitely not in that vein at all, but, but it was a good trailer. It's about what I expected, you know, Deadpool, he's, you know, being Deadpool, I 100% expected that, he's ripping on Disney, I'm hoping he rips on Marvel as well, and, and, you know, we'll see how, how accepting Feige is of that, I guess, but I hope, I hope he does. And, um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to have to see, I need to see more Wolverine. That's the only thing, obviously, of course we got the one shot at the end, but I'm definitely hoping we see more of that, um, in the next trailer. I'm thinking we should, I'm hoping it's like, I don't know if I say mostly a Wolverine trailer, but I mean, the movie now is called Deadpool and Wolverine. Mm -hmm. He's half, he's half the movie. So, um, so yeah, I definitely want to see a Wolverine, you know, a more Wolverine centric, maybe, uh, theme for the next trailer. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Overall, I thought it was good. I, we're going to see a ton of cameos in this. I'm thinking, um, you know, we have to see if Vaughn is right about changing the trajectory of the MCU and all the, you know, whatever he said, uh, we'll have to see, we will have to see, but I, I would, you know, I do think we're going to see a lot of people. That that's that's one thing that that I'm starting to think for this. Yeah, I well, I love Deadpool. You guys already know it. Listeners who listen to the show know it. He's one of my all time favorite superhero comic book characters. I feel like I watched this trailer, and because so much has been made about like Wolverine's role in it and him being and Hugh Jackman being co starring this essentially with uh, with Ryan Reynolds. That I think this trailer needed more Wolverine. Um, it doesn't sound like there was a huge backlash to this trailer or people were really upset about it. I came away a tad underwhelmed, and maybe it was because my expectations were super high. I mean, it wasn't like anything they showed me was bad, but I think when we have those conversations we've been having about this movie potentially saving the MCU, I mean, they make jokes about it in the trailer that he's the, you know, the MCU Jesus, essentially. Uh, there's some nice funny lines in this one, but I mean, I expect that from Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool movie. But I think because we're excited about how this movie connects to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the TVA is all in it. So I guess you could say that there are definitely all those ties in the trailer. But I think I wanted to see maybe a few more either cameos or more Wolverine than we got in this. I anticipate this second trailer will be the one that truly breaks the internet and is truly like the one that people really get excited about. This was not a bad trailer. It was a good trailer. 
I just like I think I was expecting something maybe epic, and I didn't get quite that. But it was good. I I think I think though the Wolverine the movie's gonna be called Deadpool and Wolverine. Like this next, like we need way more Wolverine in the next trailer. Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Um, I'm also, I'm also thinking. Uh, I don't know if I say concerned about like the TVA stuff, mm. but you know, it's just been re- the MCU. You know, of course, with Kang and you know, Ant Man, Quantumania, and Loki, and everything else, it's been very TVA heavy. And uh, and now we're getting TVA and Deadpool, and it's like, you know. I don't know. Eventually, you see the stun batons, you see the guys with the funny hats, and it's like, okay, I mean, uh, that's fine. You know, I'm <laughs> hoping their role in this is very much like, you know, just kind of setting the stage kind of thing, and then just let Deadpool just do what he does. Um, so that's what I'm hoping, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, we'll have to see, man. This movie again comes out this July, so that's coming up pretty soon. You know, you're talking about what like five months like, like yeah that, that's that's not a that's not Absolutely. a long time it's not a long time period so we'll we'll probably get another trailer pretty soon i would expect we to get one probably before definitely before the end of april definitely um maybe even earlier than that potentially maybe even next month but uh, yeah this is uh this is a, a big movie it's one that marvel has to get you do feel like after seeing what they drop it has for like Maybe there won't be as much pressure on this movie that that we've than what we've had leading up to this because we just have had really such little hopes for Captain America. You know, uh, is it still called New World or they changed the trailer? Right, Brave New World. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Captain America, Brave New World, and and you know, Thunderbolts. Like those are not movies people think are going to change the complete landscape of Marvel or change the directory. So so much pressure on this one that. Uh, that you feel like this next trailer is going to be massive. But now that you see uh, kind of, again, the creativity Marvel's bring to Fantastic Four, maybe kind of you kind of lessen the pressure on this film, having to really be the silver bullet to fix Marvel. Uh, staying with this, though, and again, I got to do the drop again, man, because uh, we're, we're in a full X-Men vibe here. X-Men 97, that trailer dropped on Thursday kind of capping i think capping I mean, we're recording this thursday i hope nothing comes out friday saturday uh capping what was a massive week for marvel so the x-men 97 trailer came out the footage of this trailer in this trailer began with a clip from you know it looked like an old television set from the season finale of the of the original x-men the animated series show that finale in 96 and it kind of transitions into the more updated animated uh version that we see in this disney plus series um, with new graphics, some new voices, and some really, even the little bit of action we saw, some really cool stuff. This is, uh, a, of course, a series is going to be begin streaming on Disney Plus on March 20th. So we're now a little more than a month away from X Men '97 beginning streaming, which it's like I, it just feels like we've been just crawling, guys. I don't know how you feel. I feel like we've been crawling to the release of this show. I guess it was two years ago when it was announced, but it just it just feels like it was five years ago, it just, you know. And we've been clamoring just for anything related to X Men, and finally, this will be the first true X Men product that gets created. We've seen, of course, uh, you know, Professor X in, in as Kendall mentioned in um, in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, we saw Beast, spoiler in the Marvels, but here, okay, 
an actual X-Men show is being presented. Um, I thought this trailer was gas, man. I, like, and I think seeing the internet reaction to this was really awesome. One, it's a great reminder to never allow anyone to tell you that animation doesn't matter or that animation doesn't move the needle. Between this trailer, the reaction to it, it has, like, when I look, when it was, you know, four hours after it was, it was released, it had 220 million views on YouTube, which is, again, astonishing. Like, between this, between what we've seen with, uh, with, uh, with the Spider-Man, you know, into the Spider-Verse and across Spider-Verse, you know, impact, like, don't let people lie to you about animation not being important or being a thing to throw away or something that doesn't move the needle. This trailer absolutely moved the needle. I, I can't remember the last time I was excited for something that Marvel was doing after seeing this trailer. And because of the struggles Marvel has had, as much as I've been excited, excited to see this show, I really didn't know what to expect from Marvel on this. But the updated animation looks great. Um, the little Easter eggs in there. I mean, there was a Daily Bugle that had a Spider-Man drop in there. I'm like, could the Fox Spider-Man show show up? Uh, Spider-Man show up in this show potentially? Is that even possible? Like, accommodations uh the 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 be the thing the the expectations or what we what we could actually see from this are you know the possibilities are endless that's what i was trying to say and i mean the the money shot man you got you know wolverine running through gambit jumping on his shoulders charging up his animantium and then they zoom into gambit's eyes i mean that is as cool a shot as i've seen in any trailer animation or non-animation i mean i I actually, I'm walking down New York City, leaving work, and I literally yelled, "Woo!" when that came out, that happened. Like, I mean, X-Men is a great show, the original one. But it is, in, it was created in 1992, 1993. Like, the animation is good, the action is good, but we've seen how much action has improved in animation shows since. And I don't think what I anticipated was, oh, right, there's like, People like the people that do animation now are so much more advanced when it comes to fight choreography and animation choreography and just creativity overall. Like uh, imagining the spirit of that original show with what you're able to do now with fight choreography and animation. This could be this, I'm gonna say this could be the greatest thing we've ever seen. I think that the potential is that high in terms of superhero animated television shows. Um, I am super thrilled. I thought this trailer was awesome. And I cannot wait. Sham, what were your thoughts on the trailer? I thought it was a great trailer, honestly. Um, you know, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think some people are are an EJ. I don't know. You, you can tell me if you fall in this category. I think some people are saying it's like the best trailer ever, kind of thing. And I'm just like, I thought it was good. You know, it was a good trailer. Definitely looking forward to seeing it. Um, it didn't like exceed, I guess, my expectations. Maybe that's probably. I mean, I mean, yeah. that's probably probably the best way to put it. It did not exceed my expectations. It's a good trailer. I'm looking forward to watching the show, but you know, it looks about like what I expected. The thing that made me get like feelings or whatever was showing that finale, of the old show. That yeah. I was like, oh man. So now I gotta watch it again. Now I gotta go on. Now I gotta open Disney Plus. I gotta go to X Men and I gotta watch it again, which is crazy. But um, but yeah, no, I uh, that was a very very good trailer. You know, it was good. Um, you know, uh, 
crazy seeing the gang back together. I know the voice actor for Cyclops had passed, but the new Cyclops voice sounds like the old voice. Um, so, you know, um, and all the voice actors, honestly, seem to be doing a very good job. So, uh, and the animation is really good too. It's very, very, uh, very vibrant. It's like a mix between like the old animation and like new, uh, like coloring almost. It's very interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad it's coming out so soon. Uh, it's a very late trailer drop, I'd say, to for <laughs> first trailer for when we see yeah the show come out. It comes out in a month, but um, but I'm glad it's coming out soon. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, again, you want to talk about chill-inducing moments, Kendall. How about Cyclops saying to me, my X-Men, as everybody lines up? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about, as Joe Schmarr is saying, maybe it was, it's overstating to say this was, like, the greatest trailer ever. But I can't think of a cartoon that had a trailer this good. I'm being not real. Like, a cartoon? I You tell me one. I can't think of one. Yeah. I, you know, like, got some good Star Wars trailers, Kendall. You can attest to that. Ooh, I'm that's sure, true. I'm, I sure, I'm that. sure that's true. I'm sure that's true. I've seen some of them. If there's anything yeah, Dave Filoni can cut, it's a good, uh, <laughs> it's a good trailer. <laughs> um, you cut a good trailer. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. This show really, because um, this was another one that I think some similar, not different than Fantastic Four, but I think the narrative is they, Marvel is starting to lose, starting to lose control of the narrative of this show because they hadn't said anything, and sometimes. Mm-hmm. Things can get out of control, you know. When you stay in silence for so long, you allow people to just talk, you know, talk on your name, so to speak. And they did a good job of getting people excited again. Because um, really, I mean, this is what, like the first like official like sort of drop that we've had from this show since it was announced, it feels like. Everything else yeah, has kind of yeah, been like... Last year... Had a lot of- yeah, I think... We were at what New York Comic Con in twenty twenty two, I wanna say. There was uh like some some promotional art. I think they dropped right. we we were in this right. alleys. I was in this in the stands for that. I don't know if anybody else was. Yep. Right. But uh but I think that was the last thing we saw. And again, that's now we're talking about twenty twenty two. Summer twenty right. you know, fall twenty twenty two. That's a long time ago. That's almost eighteen months ago. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you're right. We did get the promotional art uh from that show, but yeah, I, you know, it just feels like, you know, this is a show where they, they've, you know, and we, we've we known for a long time they've had stuff, um, but, you know, obviously they didn't feel like it was ready, and obviously animation things get a little tougher to just, can't just put stuff out there all the time, but, man, uh, this, I agree, this is a very good trailer, um, did a great job of, you know, grabbing the nostalgia aspect to it and doing that really well, um, and relying on that. Uh, I think there's obviously there's weird aspects to this show that um, that we know, you know, aren't going to be traditional in the fact that Professor X has been around and, um, you know, that being Magneto's, you know, part of the team and whatever else. We'll, we'll see how all this stuff is played out. I thought they did a really good job of teasing that in this trailer. Um, yeah, really good job. You know, that. I mean, you know, that was that was really cool. But yeah, I mean, I think that uh I'm curious to see like how well does this show do play how sh- how well does this show play on its own merit and how much of it is going to be based off of being like you know the next season of X Men the animated series um, 
because you're only for the people that maybe haven't seen the other show or, you know, obviously I showed a lot of episodes. Not everybody's seen every episode. Not a lot of people remember how it ended or, you know, remember yeah, all I the think little. A lot of, I think most, most people, I think, don't because the last exactly. season was like not great. <laughs> exactly. And, and um, not only yeah. just this particular ending, but also just like the different other, like where every character ended their arc, you know, like you kind of, you know, you don't really remember like what what is what is so and so up to and what is so like what is this one up to and what is that one up to and all these different things that may be important and maybe they're not important. That's why I say like if the show if the show sort of sort of recalibrates and sort of resets itself a little bit. Uh, Kendall there, Sham, but but yeah, I, I I think that that will be the interesting aspect of this. I think it will be how do they juxtapose how the show ended with with this i mean i i think that it's gonna play a big role because they put it in the trailer i i can't you know like like they didn't like shy away from the fact that this is a continuation of that show so i i i cannot imagine that this is gonna be kind of like oh like uh you know we were just kind of slightly lightly mentioned and you just move on like, I, I think champ they're gonna play heavily into like how the show ended and continuing from there i i do think was smart is they can do that while also having this be a true reset because of the fact that Charles is not there and because they're deciding to have Magneto be the leader. Like how that last season end, like yes, it matters to some degree because Charles is not around and they're not gonna shy away from that. But I don't think it'll matter so much like what those episodes entitled like up until that point, I think, because again it's just gonna be such a different status quo that that won't yeah. matter if that makes sense, Chef. Yeah, it's not gonna be like if you didn't if you don't know what happened to Alandra or something, you're gonna be <laughs> <Yeah>. like lost. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Or anything like that. Um but uh but yeah, nah, yeah. I, I I think they're gonna handle it well. I I like what they're doing so far. Like they're they're um they're referencing what happened, but you could tell this is gonna be a new story with probably with like new themes, like new but familiar X Men themes. And um you know, some new conflicts. Uh, so I am very excited. Very, very excited for the show. Um, you know, it'll it'll be... Um, this is a pretty big event. And it's actually running, I think, for at least a little while. It's going to be running concurrent with uh, with the Bad Batch for Star Wars. For anyone, for anyone listening that, that, uh, that uh, you know, follows Imperial Broadcast, you know, we've been talking about that. Uh coming up soon as well so um because that starts next week so disney plus this is definitely a big a big win for disney plus um yeah man I think they're gonna they're gonna have some good content coming up yeah so. disney plus needed this w it was you know i mean all streaming services are hurting right now people are not understanding why they need to you know have these services around like i don't know how many people they gain from this but i know the people who have disney plus won't that care about marvel will not drop disney plus after seeing that trail that I can guarantee you. That is, I think, the excitement that is around the buzz that is around the show. That it does again. You talk about, you know, it's very interesting because it's like there's a benefit I think to put to dropping a trailer this close to the show releasing. I think particularly in an animation show where I think as great as this is, our attention span is so small. It may be hard to keep people remembering that it's coming out and engaged for money many many months at a time by doing multiple drops 
I don't know. We'll, we're going to learn whether or not this was a smart thing to do. But I wonder if doing it so close to when this movie, this show actually comes out will actually benefit it. Because it's not like people got to wait five months to see this thing and then say, oh, right, that show's out. Like, you say, oh, snap, this is next month. Like, people now will probably, maybe they'll start to go and buy that Disney Plus subscription. Or they'll say, okay, I'll try to remember March when they, you know, once the release week comes, there'll be a lot of promotion for it. But I, it'll be a very interesting thing because I, I do agree with Kendall. Like, it felt like the narrative this like when this guy announced this was like the biggest thing ever like that i think that was a disney investor day that might have been the biggest announce that they did and that was a, a thing where they were announcing movies and shows i think like yeah that was disney like, plus day. All that. they're doing x-men 97 like they're doing a continuation of the x-men animated series like that actually got like rivaled the buzz of any live action thing marvel announced in that um disney investor day here like, you're right. Like, Kendall was right. I think that, like, people were like, oh, well, how good is this thing going to be? We haven't seen very much. Is it even happening? Like, what's going on? Um, because we see so much about things getting cut and, and Aya coming in, you know, you know, kind of with a hatchet. So, I think, they, like, because Kendall was right, they don't say much or do much. It was kind of just like, well, who knows what's going on with that thing? And because Marvel, we lost all his faith in them, given what they'd done. Like, uh, like, like, now we didn't really know what to expect. But, again... Oh, things changed, guys. Oh, 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 have things changed. I, I, I gotta let this rock. I gotta let this rock a little bit. I'm telling y'all, when this, when this drops, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. I might just be jumping around my living room. I might be going crazy. I might have to buy some Wolverine fake claws. Like, I don't know. But like, this right here, this is gonna be epic. This is gonna be EJ. epic, yeah. EJ, how how long has it been since we heard this song and it was like an episode we haven't for, seen for a new episode? It's this been like be, forever. It's gonna be this crazy. Is very long. Time. This is gonna be epic, man. And, and 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 the success of this could lead to, and I think I saw someone say this, like an insider saying that, like this isn't the only kind of show that they're talking about bringing back live action or, or or animated and we got obviously we got daredevil and there's talks about maybe punisher coming back um it's spectacular spider-man something that they may say at some point we'll bring that one back i mean i know we have a spider-man cartoon that's supposed to be coming out but you know there are there other animated properties that marvel may say we're going to bring back that maybe uh people also love Look, well, this Spider Man, I don't feel great about it. They just took it off Disney Plus. But what I will say is, I mean, the, one of the first shots in this trailer is a Daily Bugle. <laughs> well, you exactly. Know, a Daily that Bugle thing says, universe. You know, it's Spider Man a mutant. And I'm just like, well, we know this show is connected to that show. There is no yeah, doubt. It, there is no, oh, well, we don't know. Uh, like, Spider Man show, these X Men show mm -hmm. up in that show. Like, there is no gray area about where that show connects in regards to that. Now that maybe is a conversation Sony's got to have with Disney, and clearly, again, I don't think that everything is totally squared away because again, Spectacular Spider-Man was there for all these years, I think, at this point, and now it's gone, which is terrible for me as I was actually watching the show when they canned it again on Disney Plus. But like, yeah, it does leave, and and like, and then and like one last thing before we uh, move on and then wrap this show, it. it I want to send that as a as a kind of like a shot across the bar to 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 James Gunn as well. And look, I'll say this: like the and he didn't like create this, but my Avengers Superman first kind of new 
Superman show we had in a long time. I know we've all watched it. I love that show. I think it's fantastic and it's great. But like, I hope James Gunn does see maybe what's happening with this and say, huh, all right, what are these shows at DC we have and so that we could bring back? You know, we know the Cape Crusade is going to bring back the feeling of Batman the animated series, but like <laughs> that show got sold to what Amazon? Like that show's not on. <laughs> that show's not going to be on the uh, anything for Max or anything like that. And you know, I hope that if he makes a decision on Young Justice or he wants to make a decision on bringing back something else, that maybe was great. A Green Lantern the animated Teen series, a Teen Titans. Like, come on now, like. There is a market for this kind of thing. You just got to know what you're doing. You got to make sure you bring the right people in and you know how to advance it. But, like, to see just a one, two-minute trailer of this show Teen and Titans so confident about it, would, it tells you just, like, what the potential is if you did other things. Teen Titans would break the internet in a way that I don't think there's anything out, else out there that could in a similar space. Like, that would... It with the way of that yeah, generation because we, Cape, because we had the Cape because we had the Cape Crusader, I think that you know they're not going to do a Batman animated series again. That's almost like a it's like a remake of that basically. But that Batman, if you recreate Batman animated series, I think that might be the only other thing. Or well, I I'll say take that back. I think if they said they were doing a new season of Justice League Unlimited, that would also that, that would, would that, that would be great. Probably the only other one. But Teen Titans. Because also with the, with Teen Titans, you're also bringing in all the like the younger people that have yeah, watched fans. Teen Titans Go. Yeah, been like, oh, this is like a, a serious version of Teen Titans Go. That's awesome. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, that you, I mean, the internet would break if they brought back Teen Titans. Um, I mean, you're right. I mean, yeah, Batman the animated series, Just League Unlimited, like DC's got a lot. That is shocking. They got a lot that they could do that could. That could that could go viral, um, mm-hmm. but man, I mean, and Marvel, you know, created this Marvel animation banner that they're now. I don't know if they're doing that to separate themselves from the MCU. Yeah, I remember this was this this yeah. When they first dropped this poster, it was it was a Marvel Studios banner, and now this Marvel animation. Which I, is this the first time they've done that banner? Like, yeah, we haven't seen that. This is I have, yeah, that. I, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'd be very curious to get more wording on. Because I think when we first heard that this was a Marvel Studios property, there was this thought that, like, hey, is there any way this could, like, tie into the live action stuff that we've seen? And when I saw that, it made me wonder, okay, maybe this will be separate from that. Um, And then funny, because you look at the Marvel Studios tweet, it says Marvel animation, Marvel animations, X-Men 97 and all new series arrives in March. Like, they, it's, they, it's, it's so funny. It's that definitely they... a new banner. Didn't they like it's so it's hilarious that they got rid of Marvel Animation to bring everything under the Marvel Studios umbrella and then they're like, we're making something completely new. It's called Marvel Animation. <laughs> and I'm like, what, didn't this, uh, didn't you guys axe that division like five years ago? Yeah, like you had like you know the Avengers Earth, you know the what the Avengers Assemble Earth Mighty like, Heroes. Yeah, Earth Mighty Heroes. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Assemble. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, and like what I will say is like if that is a thing, like if Marvel Animation is a thing, like this is a brand, like that makes me excited because, again, like the fact that Marvel and DC have like borderline completely neglected animation is just ludicrous to me, completely ludicrous. And especially now that they have streaming services and how much kids watch streaming services only, like shout out to my my, uh, the host of our uh, 
the show I work on, you know, Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, Maggie Gracie as a young child, she talks about how all they do basically are streaming services. It's like the only thing they do at this point. Like the idea that you wouldn't put new superhero content on streaming services, given how much kids love superhero content, especially in this era, seems ridiculous. But it, it, maybe this is a sign that Marvel's ready to commit to that. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing, even if there is like, okay, maybe it won't be part of the live action universe in any way. But if that means Marvel decided, hey, you know what? Maybe we will decide to do, I know they are doing a Spider-Man show, but maybe we will decide to do Spider-Man 97 or whatever. <laughs> that means that they want to actually end up doing more stuff or even doing straight to middle of animation, like Disney Plus movies. Like, you know, like Wolverine versus Deadpool is still one of the best animation things we've ever seen in this medium. Um, excuse me, Hulk versus Wolverine, I'm sorry, is one of the best things we've seen in this in this, in this this medium. Like, they used to do kick-ass movies, Next Avengers. Like, they had Ultimate Avengers. They had some stuff, man. And Absolutely. I, I, I hope that maybe this yep. is, you know, the beginning of something, not just like a little what one-off. A, what a great way, like, to give your characters, create, you know, like, create, like, a, a, a fan base and create, you know, buzz around your characters and releasing animated movies that are standalone and don't like play into anything else like right because he does that, it all the time right because how much of an issue did we have with like you know marvel having legitimately great content with like earth's mightiest heroes or spectacular right. spider-man and then seeing how like those shows had to be canned and replaced with shows that fell more in line with what they what like the live action counterparts were and how much like the drop off was for those shows and it sucks those shows actually weren't even terrible that came out whether it be ultimate spider-man or um or the uh uh the the adventure assemble show but just how much of like the air was let out of the balloon because like everything had to be so synergetic uh synergetic is that the word synergetic uh there'd be so much synergy i guess that's right yeah yeah, yeah. there's so much synergy between like, oh, well, it's got to look like how Chris Evans looked, like how Captain America got to look like that, and it's got to sound like that, and the tone's got to be like that. And it's like those shows were lit on their own because they had their own energy, their own vibe, and they actually were more inspired by the comics as opposed to like these movies. Again, if Marvel's willing to like play that game again, it, the sky's the limit for what they're able to do. And, and think about this DC. Did such a good job as someone like me, like EJ. You're you're a big time comic comic book reader. I don't read the comic books as much. I'll mm-hmm. you know I'll read. I'll do a Wikipedia. You know, kind of read up on the stories, but I don't you know buy comic books like that. And Shamari, you'll buy a lot of comic books as well. Um, but for me, a lot of the older comic book stories that I got from a from a DC perspective, it's through watching the animated movies that they'll make based off of that same comic book. It's through watching Under the Red Hood that I got to experience the Red Hood storyline. It's through watching Batman Year One that I got to see the Year One, and and you know, you know, obviously the Killing Joke wasn't like uh, a big time one, and and a lot of these stories take take liberties with certain things and Hush and um, you know Superman Red Sun, but like in general, the general premise, you know, you can understand based off of the animated movie and it's a great uh-huh. sort of you know it's an honor for a lot of these movies to to adapt those stories 
with Marvel, they don't do that. Like the best you can do is 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 find like these actual animated series that do these stories, and it's very limited. And and you know, we I guess there's some version of a civil war in Avengers Assemble. Yeah, and I'm like, say, like it's and, very uh, weird. You know, it's like Ultimate it's weird, Alliance too. Yeah, it's very weird, Kendall. Like it's like the animated shows that they create have to be like the movies. But the movies don't have to be like the comics. <laughs> like, think about yeah. that. Like, Secret, Secret Invasion can be nothing like the the excellent, like, well world renowned comic book series Secret Invasion. Like, look, Marvel yeah. Civil War was awesome. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. like Civil Captain Civil War was great. I'm not gonna sit here and say that it was it was bad in any way. But like Captain America Civil War could be a lot nothing basically like the Marvel Civil War. Like, they could just take those names and do whatever the hell they want. And but I and I wonder if X Men show or Marvel show or whatever or Spider Man show it's like oh this is different than the movies well no we can't do it. we gotta scrap it and it's gotta be exactly like how the movies are or it doesn't work it's ridiculous and and, and like how why is it that Marvel feels like it's almost as if they intentionally don't want to do those movies because it'll like confuse people in their mind. It's like, no, we don't want to make a, a Secret Invasion animated movie. That'd be awesome. Or maybe a two-part, part one, part two Secret Invasion animated movie series that's not connected to the MCU, but it's just a retelling of Secret Invasion. And we don't want to do that because our Secret Invasion is going to look different and then people are going to get their hopes to, they're going to get their hopes up or they're going to think it's going to be something pro- that's not. And the not. problem is, Kendall, that I would have preferred to have had, I would have preferred to have had a Secret Invasion animated movie that is more like the see <coughs> more like the comic book than that show that costs like yep. two hundred million dollars to make or whatever how much yep. it like yeah they could have done an animated movie for I don't know like two percent of the price like how much would it yep. cost to do it like, what is it cost five million maybe to do an animated movie hour and twenty yep. minutes and but they're like we're gonna do Super Invasion but we're gonna do it our way and with our budget and whatever and they gave us that crap I would prefer you just like, gave me. A true adaptation of the of the of the book that has nothing to do with the MCU, and you could have just gave me that. Like, yep. And then they could have did Civil War, and then they yeah, did, and, and, and you, you could have created something, and you could have created something different with Nick Fury that made more sense. Like, one hundred percent, because you're trying to thread a needle of saying we need to do a Nick Fury spy thing to check a box, but also get some IP or get some name recognition to a story that will make people want to come through. So let's take Secret Invasion, like. There's no need for that. You could do those how many of these separately. stories have we not seen that we'll never see? Like we'll never see Secret Empire. You know, oh, yeah. we'll never we don't you know, see Dark uh, Dark Rain. No, we'll never see Dark Rain. Yeah, um, you know, and like even or even the the Dark Avengers. Like maybe we'll get that at some right. point, but like, and these are concepts that people may have no idea what those even are. Like in mainstream MCU people or MCU fans may have, have no idea what they are because they haven't done them. On any sort of extended platform, because there's no yeah. cartoons, there's no anime, there's no TV series that they could put them on, and they don't do movies. Whereas DC, and and, and everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows Crisis on Infinite Earths and all these other things. Right. Yeah, no, you're right because Marvel, you don't because you don't put over your canon when you don't nope. do that. Kind of, you end yep. up burying your 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 comic book canon like that. That is one thing you can complain a lot of things about DC. That's one thing DC does not do. Maybe right. it's to a yeah. fault. Like they'll just retell stories over and over again. I mean, they did a 
Under the Red Hood, and then they did a Death in the Family that included bits from Under the Red Hood. Like, they literally just copied and pasted some stuff. Like, but, like, again, everybody knows what those stories are now. Like, because if you didn't know the comic, you probably have heard the movie because they came out with basically two movies on the, on the subject. Like, it's Marvel's, again, the way they decide not to do that is just bizarre. And it, I, I think it sucks for those comic book writers because those guys and those women do such awesome stuff. And, you know, we as, and me as a super comic book fan who's reading this stuff, I'm reading, you know, uh, you know, Powers of Ten, House of X, like, you know, but like, if you don't do anything to uplift those, that, that can in any way, it actually hurts you in the long run. Cause then when you try to adapt from it or take any liberties with it from that, people are going to want those stories. And when you don't give it to them, like you didn't do with Secret Invasion, you end up screwing up around. You want to know what, yeah. what would, and, what would make Secret Wars the biggest thing? If they would have had a Secret Wars animated movie like four years ago or yeah. six years ago. And like really built that thing up. Problem is, there are like thousands of people, millions of people at this point that are gonna or that like have never read Secret Secret Wars or don't know what it even barely even know what it is. And they just like have this thought, and it's like, why am I just gonna get excited about something I barely know what it is? You know, and it just doesn't. It, it's stupid. Like it's, it's a stupid way about you, you say it one time, can you broke you broke the you broke up there. Can I say, yeah. say that one more time? it's just stupid that you have these people that they've never even, they've never even, you know, read secret wars and, and Marvel has never ever done anything to get it out there. Like this is mm-hmm. supposed to be their big event that they're adapting. And they don't, there's no movie based off of it. Like there's no animated project based off of it. And it's, 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 it's ridiculous when DC does the exact mm-hmm. opposite and like they build real equity with their stories because of it. Yeah, and and you know they Marvel they built up the Infinity Saga well, so that's yep. why the Infinity War and Endgame stuff worked out. Um, but you know you could make the you make the case they kind of they could have done this for Age of Ultron. You can make the case if people knew what Ultron was before. Mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe they would have been like more excited to see him on screen. And, and that was for me like a we... random robot. All right, just a random you know robot story. We got Ultron in um, in the you know Earth Ultimate Mightiest. Avengers and you know and, and yes. Earth Mightiest and yep. Next Avengers yep. like so for me Ultron was like the craziest thing and I was like yo the Next Avengers made him out to be the biggest villain ever you know right. he took right. over the world took over the planet so that created stakes but again that was so long ago and like you said we got Earth Mightiest but it didn't really there wasn't that massive thing but at least. For somebody that's seen that stuff, it's it made Ultron even bigger, and that's part of the reason why he's such a bit di- a disappointment. Yeah, and it's just ironic because Marvel, you know, of course, you know, like like same with DC, and, and you know, they got their starting comics right. That was that was your that was the thing. It was a comic. It's a comic book, you know, company, you know. And now it's like you know, the Marvel's so big now. It's like it's almost like their biggest stuff is like who cares about comics. You know, it's like, wow, you know, like you're just they're just going to just disregarding uh, the canon and just doing whatever, just making these stories that aren't as good. I mean, I'm just, just going to be blunt. You know, they're just just making up these stories that aren't as good and just throwing a bunch of big name actors in it and stuff and just putting this the same title stamp. And it's like that's just being very lazy, not not respecting the source material whatsoever. And that's just, it's not, uh, you know, fans 
uh, do not appreciate that. And I think I think it's it's very reminiscent to me of and this is a different situation, but it just reminds me of that as a Star Wars fan. The people that didn't like how Lucasfilm was clearly adapting the extended universe material when they were making the sequel trilogy, but just like throwing a bunch of random concepts out there from it. It's just like, you know, you know, but then at the same time, disparaging the extended universe and talking about how that's not canon and all this other stuff. It's just like, that's, you know, that kind of stuff. Fans notice that kind of stuff. And then it's also not as good. Like, it's just not as good. Like you, like they have to show that proper respect to that material. And Marvel just doesn't do that. It just, doesn't do that and you're right EJ. dc does you know to their credit they do they do do that so um so yeah it's a very interesting uh interesting dichotomy there we'll have a quick uh thing on this we'll probably talk a lot about it i know we're running a little long on time here but uh i, I do want to mention like we just mentioned it briefly at the top of the show this madam web reaction is is been over the top bad um the rotten tomato score pretty much started dead on arrival and it's only getting worse this movie dropping this week i can't remember a movie i have more apathy for than this like i don't think we've even i don't think we've even talked about any of the trailers that came out or at least if you guys i wasn't part of it um a movie that just felt to me like just like the just from the jump just didn't feel like it had much of a chance here and now you're looking at a rotten tomato score that's at 15 percent of metacritic at 30 percent it's right now sitting there as one of the worst uh, superhero movies ever. Uh, it's in that class. Everything you hear is for, is the fact that this is boring. Plot is convoluted. It's apparently like a, a spider action movie that has very little action in it. Like it just doesn't sound great at all. I mean, just real quickly, guys, I'll go to Kendall first. Where does uh, Sony go from here with this? Uh, with this? With this? property now that we we're seeing such poor reviews for madam web and a, and a and a box office that probably won't do that great this weekend um hey look i have no surprise or no real thoughts on the madam web debacle i mean we've seen this it's an iceberg you're we, we, on the titanic and we've seen this iceberg coming for uh probably over a year now so i'm not i don't think anybody's surprised by this and especially when we started hearing that they were gonna go away from some of the spider-man stuff and that, that you know there were plans to include spider-man hmm. you know one of the spider-man characters and then they were like actually you know we got to change it up or for whatever reason i don't remember some of the behind the scenes minutia but they ended up removing you know spider-man aspects and kind of removing all even though all mentions of spider-man i'm like well that only makes it less appealing for a lot of people um so yeah, I mean, I think that this movie was kind of dead on arrival. Um, it was just a bad idea. Um, not a terrible like concept. What they did, I think they tried their best, but then I mean, again, certain movies just know. Don't be surprised. This is this is really bad. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, but what I will say is, Amy Pascal had some very interesting things to say when she was asked about Miles Morales. And when yep. when could we see a live action Miles Morales? And she was like, "Oh, I mean, we got two movies to do." And at first, people were like, "Damn, like you know, what are you talking two more Spider Man movies before we see Miles Morales? Like that might not be like that might be like eight years from now." Yeah, that's a long but, time. But you know, they yeah. And then Chris Miller came out, Lord from Lord and Miller, the duo of Lord and Miller came out and said she was talking about Beyond the Spider Verse and Spider Man Four. 
And mm. so when you hear that, you say to yourself, that might not actually be that long from now. Because Beyond yeah. Spider-Verse is coming out, you know, we hope next year. And, uh, you know, Spider-Man 4, we think, is coming out maybe the year after, 2026, at the latest, you would think. Yeah. So um, if, if he's very specific when he says that's what she's talking about. Because now he's saying, yeah, after those two, we're planning on doing live action Miles Morales. That's what it sounds like he's saying. And that, to me, feels like the thing that Sony can really get back on track with. Um, and I've said it before. Uh, we've said it multiple times. Like, if I'm Marvel, like, I am, or if I'm Sony, rather, I don't know if I'm giving Miles Morales to Marvel. I might just make my own Miles Morales movie because that's what I've done, and I've done it well. And while, yes, we are a little worried about, like, Venom and Morbius and Madam Web and Craven and all that, like maybe first of all, maybe Miles Morales is the guy that's fighting these people. That's one. That's one thing. But uh. two, um, like maybe they're maybe the Sinister Six is going up against Miles Morales, and maybe that's what we're you're building to building towards. But also, that would that like, would make a lot more sense than yeah, bringing Tom Holland into this crap somehow. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 on the second front, like Miles Morales is a much better concept in character. Than any of the other people they've done like oh shout yeah. out to eddie brock shout out to craven and all craven's probably the closest thing but like these movies morbius they're dead on arrival just based off the concept like you're making a movie about a villain without any spider-man like that's that's a hard thing to do whereas miles morales is spider-man and it's a story that everybody you know wants to see so it's not it's not dead on arrival now at that point you just have to make a good story and well, again, we have questions about can Sony even do that? Like, if Lord and Miller are involved, which Chris Miller saying that makes me feel like they're going to be involved to some level, if he knows that for a fact. If Lord and Miller are involved, then we've already seen them make great Miles Morales stories, so uh, or at least be involved in them. So that was my biggest takeaway from the Morbius stuff was her saying that about Miles Morales. Uh, not Morbius, Madam Web. So uh, in terms of my Madam Web being bad, like I said, I, I mean. Not much to say there. I'm not surprised. Uh, unfortunate. Never want to see these movies be bad, but you know, uh, it's not a shocker with Sony's track record with their villain movies. It's also not a shocker, Kendall and Shan, with the track record of uh, Matt Sazma and Burke Schapler, Sharpless, who wrote the screenplays for Madam Web. These are some of the other uh, winners that they did in terms of uh, screenplays. Uh, Dracula Untold, 25% of Rotten Tomatoes. The Last Witch Hunter. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Morbius, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. God's Egypt, 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I mean, this is like uh, you know, this is like, you know, a a a, a two hundred hitter finding a way to bounce around with Dean the team and somehow still get play time. I don't know how you have that kind of track record. They also wrote uh Power Rangers. Like, I don't know how you have that kind of track record and you continue to get major budget work in movies, but this is, Sham, I think it really not a surprise to anyone. But in any way, Sham, do you think it maybe makes Sony rethink their strategy when it comes to these movies? Because, I mean, we've now seen quite a few now. Let's take, you know, the, the Spider-Verse anime films off the board for this ad, just for this conversation. Like, we now have a little bit of a, of a collection of live-action stuff from them. We have Venom twice. We have Morbius, and now we have this movie. Uh... The Venom franchise, I think you would say, is a success, but really the first movie is probably the one that you would say, okay, is, is actually, I don't know, I, that those movies are weird. It's hard to say which ones are good or bad. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I don't like those movies. I know you don't like but... them at all, 
but like at least those movies made money. Like Morbius right, and, right. and and what's the name again? You want to talk about just dead on arrival, Morbius and Madam Web. Like, is this is this could this continue to be a viable strategy for Marvel for Sony Sony's uh Marvel division to keep doing these live action movies about Spider Man villains that don't include Spider Man? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I they're just clinging to the Spider Man um IP and and it's working out in the video game world. For sure. Um, you know, that I don't want them to lose that. Like, please keep making those uh Spider Man games. But for the movies, it's it's it, they're kind of scrambling a little bit. I, I I don't I mean I could see them trying to set up like a Sinister Six type situation. Um you know, but they, sh- I don't know, they should do that through Spider-Man movies, I think. I mean, there's other spider people. Also, in Keno, they could have done like a Spider-Gwen by now. They could have done, a, Keno said, they could have done Miles Morales. There's other spider people, spider, there's a whole Spider-Verse, clearly. At, I mean, this, yeah, spider- at this point, two Spider-Verse movies. 2099, like they were talking about doing El Muerto with Bad Bunny. I don't know who El Muerto is, but <laughs> at this point, I know who 2099, I know who Miguel O'Hara is. Yeah, all right. Like do that yeah. character. And his voice by Oscar Isaac, who could yeah, just you could cast Oscar Isaac if you want, right? Bring him so, in. So yeah, it's just you know they they have uh, they have many many options. So I don't know why they keep going down this down this route. Um, I mean I'm so I may be the only one on this panel to see the movie. I'm gonna see the movie. Um, so I'll be able to. I, it's report become that. so it's become almost infamous um, in how bad it is. I kind of want to see it now. Yeah, I'm gonna see it. I mean, we saw Morbius. I didn't think Morbius was nearly as bad as everyone everyone says. I thought and, Morbius and was garbage. The, I know we, we argued about that. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't agree. Rotten Tomatoes on Morbius is like seventy percent, I think, or something. Well, that's it's pretty the, high. That that's on the audience score. That's definitely not the. Yeah, that's the audience score, which I don't listen to the critics score. The critics don't like Aquaman, and I like Aquaman. They're, I don't know. I don't agree with the critics on a lot of different things. So I I, I tend to not pay as much attention. Um. Though it does affect the box office, you know, either fortunately or unfortunately. But I, I just haven't agreed with the critics on a lot of things. I'm still going to see the movie. I have an open mind about it. You know, I'll just go and be like, all right, what is Madam Web? Is it good? Is it bad? But because I, I ended up, you know, enjoying Morbius. It wasn't a great movie by any stretch of imagination, but I enjoyed it. So we'll see. I, I'll go and I'll see what the movie is. I still don't think it really needed to be made. But I'll go see it. You know, it does have some actors and people that I that I enjoy seeing. So I'll go watch it. I mean, I will. I'll, I want to see it. I, I'm, I'm with you. I want to see it. I mean, again, just only because of not only, but one of the main reasons just being again, it's become almost infamous and how poor people are receiving it. That I'm like, well, damn, now I gotta see how this actually went. I mean, some of the stuff I'm reading is very uninspiring, but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there's uh, some new mutants. Yeah, I didn't see New. Like, I haven't seen New. That that, that that's the movie I've been. That's the movie I, I have a hard time bringing myself to. Like I do want to see it at some point, but I'm just like I don't know, man. Like, but like that, that almost yeah, that just, almost sounds so yeah. bad that it's not even enjoyable. Like this, I feel like could be maybe somewhat funny, but I don't know. It's like this is say. this is like a, it's a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man or any right. of the other characters <laughs> that we know or care about. But that's what's wild. Like, is that this, this, at least this movie has wow. like three different Spider Women. Like they could have made this good, like, and they got two of the biggest actresses in Hollywood in the movie. You got Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney. How, how yeah. do you, how, like, 
it's for some reason for me. Like, how how is this so bad? Like, which why now I want to watch it because I'm like, you got those two. You think alone those two could carry it at least a little bit? But it sounds like again, this movie just had no chance. I'm I'm very curious to see what happened with this because I mean we knew that there was this was a bad idea in a lot of different ways, but. Some of the stuff they included in this made you think, okay, well, maybe something can happen here. They including they including Ben Parker, you know, they including Julia Carpenter Spider Woman, they including other Spider Women. Like, okay, maybe there's something here, but it that has not been the case in terms of the review. So, uh, I'm you know I don't know how many of us will see it. Some of us will see it, and we'll give you guys uh, our our thoughts on the film. But not looking good for the opening box office for Madam Web. That's gonna do it though for this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. I want to thank you guys so much for checking this out. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, you can get all our episodes of the New Generation Hero Talk. You find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on uh, Twitter slash X, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Be sure to follow us individually on social media. You can find uh, myself, EJ underscore Stewart, on Twitter slash X, Instagram, uh, and, and TikTok action EJ. You can find Shamari on Snapchat and Instagram, MCShan22. You can find Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken. That'll do it for now. Thank you so much for checking us out. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.